0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There remains just a few days left of the transfer window. Whilst there's chaos in the managerial world and Arsenal seemingly haven't escaped it. This is the Arsenal transfer show. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Transfer Show on the Goona Talk, joining you every single morning at 8am UK time. Thank you as always for doing so. I hope you're doing good. I hope you're doing well. I hope you've had a fantastic weekend. I hope you feel rested, recovered and ready for this week's events. Arsenal playing twice, once against Nottingham Forest tomorrow evening. We have deadline day then on Thursday and then of course that massive game against liverpool at the weekend on sunday so uh, let's get straight into things good morning to those joining us in the chat box always an absolute pleasure to see so many of you here a1 james blackshine paul glenn uh, brad matt g nsw steve colton and stevie uh sabah darren dominic kaiser vivian rich damian temi arthur uh louis red star angela uh, martin and plenty more of you guys and girls as well thank you so much as always for tuning in it is very much Appreciated, and uh, yes, uh, it's good that the audio is clear and crisp. It's all fine. We're back using the other laptop, but uh, hopefully that will change uh, in the coming weeks or so. Keeping those fingers crossed that we're not going to have any more issues uh, audio-wise going forwards. But uh, you never can make those types of promises, can you? So uh, just keep your ears peeled because we may indeed encounter some in the days and weeks ahead. But fingers crossed that we won't let's go into today's stories then shall we and we kick off with a really important win for arsenal in the wsl Uh, a big two nil victory away at liverpool arsenal men's could certainly have done with emulating this when they uh, traveled to play liverpool in the premier league earlier this season but arsenal securing a two nil win um with viv midem scoring a fantastic goal caitlin ford with the other, uh, they had to keep pace with the Brighton team, of course, that won on Saturday, winning 3-0 against Brighton. Manchester City uh, winning away at Spurs. So it leaves the table with Chelsea on 31 points in first place. A Man City in Arsenal chasing on 28. You then have to drop quite a bit down to fourth, seven points behind 21. Liverpool now 10 points behind Arsenal in fifth. Um, so certainly a massive, massive win and a really important three points on the board as well. Uh, Mohamed Neni has been eliminated with Egypt from the African Cup of Nations, which of course means that Mohamed Salah will not be playing any part in the rest of the tournament. He returned to Liverpool already having been injured with his hamstring, but there have been suggestions that he could have returned to the tournament if uh, Egypt have made it potentially through all the way to the final. Uh they played against uh the, uh the DR Congo in which they secured an equalizer through Mustafa Mohamed again scoring a penalty after Ella or Elias sorry had scored the first goal for Congo. However, in the 97th minute uh Mohamed Hamdi Sharaf was sent off before a penalty shootout ensued and sadly the uh the Egyptians were knocked out with Mohamed Elneny of course amongst their ranks and uh he will return to Arsenal um, in the next couple of days and rejoin the squad. I'd be surprised if he was in the squad for for Forrest but he could be in the team for the game against Liverpool next weekend. Of course, does that mean that Mohamed Salah will indeed be back. We will have to wait and see. We know that Trent Alexander-Arnold, Dominic Zobosla and Andrew Robertson have all returned to fitness for Liverpool as they get a huge boost. But Arsenal themselves could have a massive boost if Thomas Partey is indeed fit. Uh, He could be in the squad tomorrow, but we'll have to wait and see. He has been training with the team. Uh, They did a training session at the Emirates the other day. Um, But uh, certainly, Thomas Partey will hopefully be in the squads tomorrow for the game against Nottingham Forest, ahead of that game against Liverpool, which is obviously massive. Uh, And Liverpool took part in FA Cup action yesterday and across the weekend. They beat Norwich to go through, um, but also we saw Manchester United celebrate like they've won the World Cup as they edged past Newport County. And uh, we saw the likes of Liv- uh, of Chelsea and Villa, sorry, drawing, which means, of course, they will face a potential replay. More games for both of those sides this season um, will be a frustration for Villa, um, but they'll be looking at an opportunity in the FA Cup to try and go through and win some silverware for the first time in quite a considerable period. They've also got the UEFA Conference League as well to deal with. Manchester City will play Luton in the next round uh, away from home, which could be a very tough tie. I guess we'll see. But uh, Nottingham Forest Arsenal's opponents drew with Bristol City away from home in They've got a second replay in a row after they drew their first uh, round involvement in the third round. So lots of chaos in the cup, but Elneny back. Partey could be available. Salah, big question mark. Charles Sago Jr. Um, I I missed this little bit of news in the last couple of days. Uh, George Bird reporting um, over the weekend that he could be set to leave on loan uh, before the end of the January transfer window closes, of course, Charles Sago Jr. was given his professional competitive debut by Arteta earlier this season in the League Cup. Um, no suggestion yet about where that might be, but Charles Sago Jr. could indeed still leave before the end of the uh, the, the window to get some senior experience at a greater level of uh competitivity i suppose so it's good news if indeed we find out where he's going we'll of course let you know as soon as feasibly possible and our headline story of the day is a chaotic weekend of news surrounding Mikel Arteta uh we've seen reports from a number of outlets uh actually well not even a number of outlets mainly just sport in Spain saying that uh there had been suggestions that he could be leaving Arsenal we've then seen reports come out telling us that that is certainly not going to be the case. Arteta will face the media today, uh, early afternoon, and we expect that he will, of course, be asked not only about Jürgen Klopp, also about Xavi and Barcelona, and, of course, about his own future. So we'll get more clarity around this situation, but I am very, very confident to say that this is uh, all the talk and um, spewing of information about Arteta leaving Arsenal is just... So far off the mark. Um, the latest I heard was that you know very things were very calm about Arteta's future, and that transfer uh, transfer talks, certainly not transfer talks, but contract talks were were in the offing, so let's see uh, what happens uh, with Arteta and uh, his future, but I imagine we'll hear plenty more about Arteta today, this afternoon, as he takes part in that Arsenal press conference. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled for that. We'll have a live blog going on football.london for all of his words from that presser so you can check out everything over there. And of course, Arteta and the club have to navigate the final days of the transfer window, deadline day, is on Thursday. It's the 1st of February rather than ending in January. And it ends around 6 o'clock, I believe, UK time on that Thursday. So there won't be an 8am show on Thursday because I'll be well, a live one. I may do a pre-recorded one of my expectations for deadline day, um, but there won't be a, a live one because I'll be working because uh, it is deadline day uh, through that period. So no live show on deadline day until after it's finished. So we'll probably have a deadline day overview in the evening uh maybe a phone-in show in fact to kind of round up the uh the transfer window and our thoughts on what is expected to be a very quiet end i'd be only ever so expectant of maybe alone if that but i'd still be pretty surprised even if that was to happen but crazy things do occur during these windows and maybe we will still get a surprise before the window slams shut right let's move to part two and your questions right after this Okay, uh, we move to part two to tackle your queries, questions, theories and thoughts. Um, That's a different order than I've said those four words before, but we're running with it. Um, So let's go into the chat box and tackle as many of your comments as we can. Um, Jonathan says, I was amazed that over the weekend, never did you mention AFCON as a viewing option. Why is it Western media not making uh, due mention of the AFCON? Are you scared that it is indeed growing so fast and is exciting? Jonathan, I don't think that's accurate. I think the chat box will tell you that we actually did mention the AFCON over the weekend. And I've actually been very... I've defended the AFCON actually quite a lot. I think that maybe there's a problem that there's individuals, perhaps like yourself, Jonathan, that attack the wrong people um, with this. Because I've actually openly spoke about how the African Cup of Nations is too disrespected as a tournament by managers, talking in press conferences, and of course by selections of, of certain fan bases as well. So... It's a real shame that you've left this comment here, Jonathan, because actually I have defended and spoken about the Africa Cup of Nations and the Asia Cup as well quite significantly over the past, uh, well, few weeks whilst those competitions have been going on. So that's actually a real shame that you left that comment. Uh, Brad says Pep should go back to Barca. And take Haaland with him, Brad. We could only hope, eh? Uh, Billy says, hey, Tom, caught you live today. Hope you're doing good, bro. Thank you, Billy. I am indeed. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Darkstar says, what do you think about the reports about Arteta leaving at the end of the season? Sounds unlikely to me. And as far as I have been able to tell, the report's coming out are solely of the Spanish media. And yeah, I I don't think there's any accuracy to those, mate. So I wouldn't worry about those at all. Uh, Have we got a birthday in the chat? Uh, Archie says, good morning from Amsterdam. I'm 23 today. Happy birthday to you, Archie. Have a fantastic day. My friends, I hope that you enjoy yourself. Uh, Magambo says Barca won the title last season and are sacking Xavi after a few losses. Is Arteta even compatible with Barca's instant success ideology? Isn't Xavi stepping down? I'm pretty sure he's stepping down, is he not? I thought I don't think he's getting sacked. I think there's a difference between you know, stepping down and, and being sacked. So, Magambo, it's always worth not twisting reality otherwise you can create quite a lot of propaganda or negative propaganda in either direction his quote was i want to announce that on june 30th, if i will not continue as coach of barcelona uh, i decided a few days ago but i think it's time the clubs needs a change of dynamics so see those words there i decided a few days ago but i think it's time he decided so Magambo, please don't change what the reality of situations are to suit certain agendas surrounding Arsenal because that is not the situation at all. He is not being sacked. Anyone suggesting that he's being sacked should probably get their facts straight. Uh, Robert says, Partey is coming back, providing that we can get more than three consecutive games from him. Could it be the lift the team needs? I certainly hope so, Robert. You know, we've missed a really key part of this team in um, in Partey, who hopefully, in partnership with Declan Rice, can form a really solid foundation for this team moving forward and if we can get a significant number of um yeah you know, a significant number of um games from those two as a pair it'd be great and as says as an African that is a load of waffle about what Jonathan said earlier uh, why are we so insecure about the tournament when the competition speaks for itself and that's all you hear about on social media these days as well I don't know if there's an insecurity maybe there is maybe Jonathan was an example of that insecurity around the AFCON but certainly we like to talk about the chaos of the tournament sometimes I love the passion of the supporters in the stadium and what we see the drama in those games and uh, yeah i genuinely it, it hit me a bit to see that comment because it's a shame that you put in the effort and the time to to reference and talk about these competitions for someone to come along and just stereotypically i think because the african cup of nations is sadly stereotyped by a lot and it's assumed that a lot of western media or all of western media of which we are part of just disregards it when actually there are individuals i feel like myself that tries to promote and talk about it as much as i can um Gunnerman says, yeah, I can't lie. Tom regularly mentions the AFCON and defends it as a competition that defends the players wanting to play for their countries. Thank you, mate. And Oso says, yeah, and Tom has been supportive of the AFCON as well. Thank you, my friend. Um, now says morning, Tom, hope you're good. Did you coach? Did you catch the coach? Did I coach West Brom at the weekend? Uh, did you catch the West Brom Wolves game? What did you make of the events that prevented play, uh, for a time? Hate to see those, uh, in the sport that we love. Yeah. Look, um, I don't know all the details of what happened. What seems to have occurred is that there was maybe some Wolves fans in the West Brom end. If you're going to do that, and I never, ever recommend that fans do, but I also understand that it happens, you just have to sit and not celebrate if the other team scores. But you should not be sitting in the home end if you are an away fan. Those seats are for the supporters of the club. I see it at Arsenal, sadly, where you get I saw Liverpool fans in the Arsenal end. They, Some of them asked Arsenal fans for a photo of them holding up a Liverpool shirt, I noticed, as I was leaving the ground after the FA Cup game. It, it's, it's really hard to police. It's really hard to stop happening when you get away fans in the home section because, you know, it's just a name on a sheet that can buy a membership, that can buy a ticket. Very hard to deal with. Um, if it's found, the reaction should be to make stewards aware that they are not home supporters so it can be dealt with the reaction of sadly the individuals that got violent can never ever be justified and the violence can never ever be justified so now it was horrible scenes to see and certainly not what we want to see either at these games um Cass says, Tom, in theory, Xavi decided to step down before getting sacked because he knew it was coming and now there are reports that he had lost some of the players, not all, in the dressing room. Cass, all we can go off, mate, are the facts. And the facts are that Xavi has said to the media in his press conferences and in his interviews that he has decided to step down. If there was the fact that he had lost some of the players in the dressing room and we want to try and template that over Arsenal, talk to me about the players that Arteta has lost in the dressing room. Talk to me about the players that are no longer willing to fight for Arteta in the dressing room Barcelona of course won the league last season this season they are finding it more difficult and you've also got to understand that there's upheaval and continuous investigations going on at that club there's an investigation going on right now about alleged bribery um I saw Sky Sports reported this I think the Guardian reported this as well at the end of last year so I think Barcelona are involved in a, a legal battle with a, a firm for their NFT um for situation there was something like 40 million euros supposedly meant to be paid allegedly to to barca that hasn't there's a lot of upheaval at that club a lot of chaos and arsenal don't have that you know so you can't just say oh look at barca they won the league and now their manager's leaving a a year later well no it, it doesn't work that way it really really doesn't um Let's go to boom 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 boom. Uh Paul says Charles Sago Jr. is off to Sunderland. Jack Clark looks like he'll be sold. Um, so Charles could be going there to replace him. Uh, interesting. Uh, I'll see if I can chase up that line and see if Sago Jr. is indeed going off to Sunderland to play there. That's a good move. You know, if Sago Jr. can play at 18 years of age in the championship. That'd be an excellent bit of business by Arsenal if he can get opportunities. That said. Um, I'm trying to find if there is any suggestions. Uh, Helen Productions says, Charles Sago Jr. appears to be heading off online to the Championship. There are rumours of Sunderland floating about at the moment. Uh, Adam Keyes uh, has also reported as well uh, that Sunderland would be a great move uh, for Sago Jr. if they can complete that. Um, but it seems that there is a number of outlets now reporting that uh, Saga Jr. off to Sunderland could be where he's off to, which I think would be, yeah, a really, really good move indeed. Um says, Tom, any update on GMAG and Rice? Uh, I feel that they won't make it for the Forest game. Training videos also don't show them. Uh, Saka back to corner kick duties. Uh, Rice, I, I think Rice is okay. I don't want to say that in full confidence, but I didn't hear anything to suggest Rice was an issue. Suggestions were Sammy Motbell reported in the mail last week that he would be okay for Forest. Gabriel is the one that we don't really know too much about. Um, Of course, we'll hear from Arteta a little bit later on this afternoon and we'll find out uh, any more information that we can about those players and whether or not they're going to be uh, fit. Uh, Let's go to Answers. I really hope Arsenal fans are noticing how happy rival fans are at the fake news of Arteta leaving, yet some fans still believe the narrative that Arteta is not a potential elite coach. I think it's a really good point, It's It's so true. With the reaction I saw, man, United fans, Chelsea fans, Liverpool fans, Man City fans, even fans of those abroad, like Barcelona supporters as well. The reaction of seeing Arteta perhaps leaving Arsenal and the fact that people were laughing at Arsenal that they would be losing Arteta tells you everything you need to know about how they really think about Arteta as Arsenal's coach. And the Arsenal under Arteta, under Arteta is an intimidating Um, factor it is an intimidating prospect that Arsenal under uh, under Arteta for the long term is something that will be a threat because guess what he's turned Arsenal into a threat Arsenal were the team that combated against Man City last season they are a team that are threatening to try and do that again this season and they're back in the Champions League and they're ranked as one of the top five teams in Europe right now according to the bookies favourites for that competition so you've got to be appreciative of ultimately where Arsenal are in the scheme of things where Arteta has taken this club as well and the context that we now find ourselves in as a club. So, yeah, it's a great point answer. The reaction from rival fans told you everything you need to know about the reality of the situation as well. Uh, Elise says, massive four weeks coming up, Tom. Will this define where we're going to be? To be honestly, I think this week itself is massive. I think this week is ultimately key in Arsenal's title hopes. I think Arsenal have to win both of these games, really, to be... I mean, we could arguably afford to draw against Liverpool. Maybe we then have to rely on them dropping points elsewhere. Liverpool played Chelsea this week as well. I think we have to win both of our games this week if we have a hope of winning the title. I think we have to try and win both of these games. We absolutely have to beat Nottingham Forest. If we don't get a win against Nottingham Forest, it's arguably could even be over by that point, barring some mathematical miracles a little bit later on down the line. But for me... Yeah, um, it's uh, it's it's a huge, huge weekly in, in the world of Arsenal's title challenge. Uh, Steve says, hi, Tom, did you comment that Gabriel's second goal was given? I hadn't, actually. I did see that. I don't know why I didn't bring it up. But yes, Gabriel was indeed, as Steve points out, credited with the second goal officially by the Premier League against Chelsea. So he was given that goal in the end. A is says, Tom, Chelsea is having their worst season ever. Manchester United are having one of their worst seasons ever and they're both competing in the Cups. Are we actually even that good? Are we actually even that good? Is that a real question? <laughs> is that is that a real question? Goodness me, are we even that good? Arsenal currently third in the table. People take for granted where Arsenal used to be. My goodness me. LMS says, after last night's game, we definitely got more of a chance in the Champions League than United of winning the FA Cup as well. It's also worth pointing out that Manchester United have just beaten Newport just in the cup. You know, just. Chelsea have got a replay in their fourth round game. We played Liverpool in our third round match. You know, it's, it's, it's just completely irrelevant when you take things out of context to ask them in that fashion. Oki says, Tom, are there any examples of Academy products successfully breaking into the first team after the age of 18? And I mean, a sustained time after the first team afterwards that they seem to be very few for us. Of course, Bukayo Saka is one of those. Jack Wilshere is another one. Um Rochelle went on loan to Bolton. Saka didn't go on loan. We've seen Enketia. We've seen Smith-Rowe get opportunities, of course, back in the history of Arsenal for us as well. Um, we've seen Cesc Fabregas, if you want to go back to the, the mid-noughties, break in at the age of 16. Um, Alex Iwobi is another one, of course, who came through uh, and broke into the first team. Joe Willock is another one. Hector Bellerin, it, Temi points out, is another one as well. So, yes, there are plenty of examples for us. Of those players down the years that have, you know, either been signed at the youth age, like Bellerin did from Barca, and then come through the youth side and then break into the team. Uh Emi Martinez is another one as well, signed at a young age, played in the youth side and then breaks into the uh the first team. Johan Juru signed, played with the youth team for a season and then broke into the first team as well. So yeah, there's there is loads of, of examples, Oki, okay, uh, plenty of them. Um, Nail says, Tom, are you going to be doing a preview show for tomorrow's must-win game? I am indeed. So I'll be sending in details about our preview show, which is going to be live about 5, 6 o'clock this evening. Um, we'll be doing a phone-in show on Wednesday ahead of deadline day about Arteta's situation and how people feel about it. And we'll probably be doing a phone-in show also the day after, following the, the, the close of the January window as well. So you could have two phone-in shows this week, which could be a lot of fun, but we will hopefully have a preview show today after uh, my shift at about 5, 6 o'clock. Billy says, any news on Japan in the Asia Cup? We could really do with Tomiyasu in the next few weeks. Uh, Japan play on Wednesday. So we won't have uh, Tomiyasu for Forest. If Japan do go out, which we're not expecting them to, on Wednesday, then, of course, he could be back for the Liverpool game. Um, Otherwise, we'll have to wait and see. uh, Maximus is Tom, the guy who scored Newport's second goal. Is a full-time dairy farmer. He laces his boots for the weekend. It's how bad Manchester United were. It's also worth 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 sorry pointing out that Man United's under twenty ones, missing some key players, actually beat the top of the table League Two team this season. So it shows you how bad Manchester United are at the moment. And yet someone asks. Are we even that good in relation to them? At uh, least says Tom. If there are massive queues for the toilets at the home games at half time, should Arteta go? <laughs> uh, Martin says, read the AFCON. Uh, there was a brilliant red card at uh, the studs, the chess one. Yeah. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Th- the ironic thing is he takes the ball first and then just plants his boot into the chest of the, uh, I think it was in the Equatorial Guinea game, wasn't it? Um, absolutely mad. Crazy. Um, Let's go to God's Power says, uh, most of our fans don't realise the significance of Arteta. I don't think that's actually true, but I'll carry on. Uh, Arteta is the prophet that's not honour in this country. We will only realise how good and important that he is. Uh, Arteta is the best for this club. Uh, God's Power, I actually disagree with you about the first time where it says most of our fans don't realise the significance of Arteta. I actually think most of the fans do know how significant Arteta is. I think it's a very small but loud minority of the fan base that are, you know, sadly, plenty of them, abusive and disrespectful, that are very loud in their criticism of Arteta. And actually, I think the majority of supporters do recognise the importance of Arteta as a manager. And I think if you were to, you know, survey a huge number of fans, uh, both online and in the... Um, and in the stadium as well, you would obviously find um, you'd find yourself getting a very interesting result. I would very, very, very much suggest uh, suggest so. Uh, James was with FFP restrictions. Will Arsenal fans need to start doing whip rounds to be able to make new signings? Of course, it's always important, James, to, to talk about the difference between FFP and PSR. Um, profit and Sustainability Regulations are a Premier League authority and FFP is a UEFA authority, and so clubs have to abide by both of them. It's PSR at the moment that is is obviously creating a a bit of a fuss at the moment, Um, but when we get to the summer, that will reset in terms of another year so we'll have more freedom to spend. And also, we need to be able to sell in the summer quite significantly too. Uh, Oki says, if you compare our list of successful academy products with those of Chelsea, Liverpool and City, we pale in comparison. Is Haaland overrated? I've always thought our academy was brilliant. I mean, maybe it's just bias. Our academy is is good. We produce some fantastic players. Manchester City is worth pointing out have invested massive amounts into their academy. And yet, their most successful player from the academy in modern times, of course, is Phil Foden and then beyond that you've seen players leave like Cole Palmer for instance who's moved on other players have moved on other places other clubs around the world but making it at that club is still very very difficult if you're a team that's competing for a title to get a player that's going to come through from the academy and be able to start for you on a regular basis is very hard is it overrated it depends on the person you ask if you think halen's the best academy in the country then yeah I'd say that you're probably overrating Hayland as an academy if you're saying that it's one of the best then no I don't think so But if you're suggesting it is the best, it depends on the context of who you're asking the question to. Uh, Benji says, Tom, thoughts on the Super Bowl this year? I don't want uh, the game ruined by how many times they're going to cut away to Taylor Swift. Uh, Benji, that sounds very personal (laughs) of a dislike about Taylor Swift. I'm not really into that NFL and and things like that. So I'm probably the wrong person to ask. But I appreciate um, where people... uh, Enjoy it. So there you go. Um, let's go to Alanya. <laughs> this is great. I know I actually said this in a Discord server. I said, do I give trolls too much airtime? Do I give them too much airtime? And you, maybe you can be the judges of that. I asked the Discord server yesterday. They feel that it's okay to reference some of the comments and kind of put them down. But I think Ayanle has, has exposed themselves as a bit of a troll. People like AFT Robbie and Tom are the people killing my club. The standards are very low. They always have excuses, just average clubs and will be there forever. Hashtag bigger fish to fry. (laughs) You have to laugh. You just have to laugh at people like Ayanle, really, for these views. And the funny thing is, often we do our phone-in shows, we offer the opportunity for these people to come on and actually argue back. And do they show up? No, of course they don't. But Alanyé or Ayanle, It's been nice. Thanks for the memories, but it's time to say goodbye. Uh, Swan says, are you not relieved to finally see an end to those short corners? I finally see the hope of scoring more from there instead of seeing automatic wasted chances and i do have to think that when it comes to the the high lofted corners into the box i feel as though that we finally started to take advantage of the extra height that we have in this team we have been waiting for so long to have these lofted balls that said we are one of the most successful if not the most successful team at corners and set pieces and i was a little bit surprised actually to read that this season because i feel as though when we had the um You know, when we had the the game against Palace and we scored those two goals from corners, I remember going in at halftime into the press lounge and speaking to people and saying, I think it was Charles I was talking to and said, we haven't, why have we not done this more often? Why have we not lofted a high ball into the box for our tall players to get on the end of these opportunities? And actually, you know, we actually have a very good record uh from um these these set plays so you it's funny that we we moan about things when actually it turns out we're leading the record in in this area timmy says tom i want to debate when is the next stream yard told you, wednesday wednesday uh wednesday evening i think we're going to be having a phone in timmy so make sure that you are uh you come on. Uh Walk says, why can't we play Tommy at left back and put Zinny in midfield? I know it's not actually your decision. <laughs> um Wolf, I you know, I, I think Zinchenko is a left back playing in this auxiliary midfielder. I think that is the best role for him. I understand why people want to see him play in midfield, but for me, I I don't think he's got the defensive acumen in the middle of the park to be able to play as a midfielder. I think he's got the ability to play as an inverted fullback into that position. But I think that he would get exposed somewhat if he was a centre mid. Uh, says AFTV gets hit from both sides. Some people criticise them for being too entitled and demanding of Arsenal. And then there are others that feel that AFTV have low standards. Uh, AFTV are never going to win. Um, of course, that the channel that Robbie has built and grown has changed dramatically over uh, the last, what, 10 plus years? I think they've been going, what, nearly 11, 12 years? Something like that now. Um, away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home and the same goes at McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery are you in? order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com maybe 13 things have happened which I don't agree with I think there's been a lot of effort that's gone into trying to try and improve the channel in recent years it's still obviously I think um, it, it's really been buoyed by people like James, who I think is fantastic. Graham Brooks, of course, as well, um, have, have really improved that. I liked I, I enjoyed Turkish's commentary quite a lot as well. Um, got a lot of time for Turkish, um, and there's others as well on the channel. I think have really improved. Um, you know what's gone on there, and kind of tried to take it away from the let's be honest, the chaotic scenes that we would see sometimes uh, years and years ago. And of course, our good friendly judges. I don't always agree with judges, um, but I I enjoy his passion and his rawness sometimes. Uh, but yeah, I don't think they're ever going to win. They're never going to win everybody over. Some people's views and opinions of AFTV will be set in stone forever. Uh, and that is the the way that it is. Um, ultimately, some people have really benefited from, from AFTV and only, you know, are really known because of it. But I think that it's, it obviously is a, a big it's, a, it's the biggest platform in terms of arsenal media outside of the club itself and i think with that comes a responsibility and i think actually they're doing things more recently to try and and appreciate the fact that that is the case and have got people like james who does a, a fantastic job amongst the others that i've spoken about to try and change that is it ever going to please everybody no of course it's not going to do that um but i always say if you don't like it don't watch it Sure choice it's why i don't really get why people come here to moan at me if you don't like me and what i say you don't have to watch me you really don't it's the same for aftv if you don't like it don't watch it it's as simple as that it's not going to somebody you know any skin off robbie's back at all so yeah um i appreciate the work that's gone in to improve that channel um over recent years and um you know i think that's in, that's an important thing to always reference as well um so there you go. Uh, Damien says avoid fan cams and AfTV, uh, and they do some good stuff. Uh, just pick your poison. Absolutely, it's your choice. You know, it's, it's your choice what you watch. I, I really don't know why people get so upset uh, about about it. Just ignore it. There are there's some really horrible people out there. You just ignore them. Like if you don't need to, you don't need to get involved with with their childishness. You just if you're not if you don't like it, ignore it. Don't watch it. If you don't like AfTV, despite the work that's been done to improve it. And you still aren't open to it. That's fine. That's your view. You're entitled to have that view. Just move on, and and enjoy life outside of that. Uh, bizarre says, do you worry about Cedric being used, Tom? I find uh, I even find pa- uh, Fabio Vieira uh, to be sold. Uh, Pablo, who's Pablo Vieira? I assume you mean Fabio Vieira. Bizarre. Um, I think Fabio Vieira obviously is injured at the moment, so he's coming back, and um, we'll see him back in the squad hopefully soon. Um, Cedric. I'd be surprised if he was still here come the end of the January transfer window, but... Yeah, stranger things have happened. Uh, He was linked with Galatasaray and Besiktas. I'd heard that as replacements go for Galatasaray, he wasn't at the top of their list, so... Um, yeah, I think there are others that they are interested in. So I guess we'll see uh, what happens with, with Cedric between now and, and deadline day. I always thought it would be closest to deadline day that we saw that type of deal done. But uh, yeah, uh, let's see. A bizarre getting done by the, the, the autocorrect. Why, why would autocorrect change Fabio to Pablo? <laughs> I wonder. I very much wonder. Um let's go to um boom, 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 boom. Omar says, Left that long time back and uh and did all of that by myself. It's pretty easy. Indeed. You just need to leave the things you don't want to watch, just move on. It's very simple. I don't I really don't get why people get so upset about other people's. Uh, opinions. Uh, I tend to laugh at the funny ones and then leave the ones alone that are just too ridiculous to even talk about, to be honest. And and if we do try and track some of the more ridiculous ones, I often open up the opportunity for people to come on and have a chat about it, but uh, we all very much know how those phone-in shows tend to go. Um, Rob Bob says, any cheeky South American possibilities for deadline day? Hopefully we're waiting for last-minute deals to keep other teams from sniffing around our secret signings. I, I wish we were that I wish things were that um, sneaky, but they're not, Rob. I'd be very surprised if there was one. Uh, as I've said before, I think a loan is the most likely of any potential deal to happen. Um, and it's as simple as that. Um, I, I think it's it's very unlikely that we will do anything. But if we do do something, I think it will be alone. Uh Prog Piglet says, what is the extent of Vieira's injury? He had two issues from what Arteta told us. I don't know the specifics of it. It's not really been something that's been publicised. Um, but he had two problems, Arteta said. But we'll see if he comes back in the next... I'd probably be February, I would assume, that we'll see Fabio Vieira back. But, yeah, let's wait and see. Arteta will, we'll of course, as I've said before, be facing the media this afternoon. So we'll hear more from him about the latest team news then. Um, uh, let's go to Valises. Don't forget, Tom, we're truly supporting a Dross team. I remember that comment that was left, that we support a Dross <laughs> Dross team. It's so... I It's... It's actually. I find it really as a social experiment. I find it really interesting because I think there's so much in the world of like the, the recency bias surrounding Arsenal. Like if we, if you go back to our at the start of Arteta's tenure, and that was by the, bearing in the mind less than half a decade ago, which in football in terms is not a long, long time in the, the grand scheme of like a club's history. Less than five years ago, Arsenal, when Arteta took over, were eleventh in the table. We finished eighth. We then finished eighth again, of course. And then we managed to go into fifth and we challenged for that Champions League spot that no one thought we would. Following season, we challenged for the title, despite no one thinking that we would do that. And yet there's still this perception that Arteta's not doing enough. Do you remember that interview that Gary Neville did? I think it was on like a Sky fan um, kind of interview live event. Well, Gary Neville basically said that he thought Arteta had taken Arsenal as far as he possibly could. Like, it was getting Champions League qualification. He, I think he finished fifth that season. But the idea of Arsenal finishing fourth, in Gary's mind, was as far as Arsenal could be taken by Arteta. year later, he's challenged for the title and finished second. year after that, of course, we are threatening to try and complete successive title challenges this season. And I find it mad when you go back only four or five years where Arsenal were under Unai Emery when he threw away Champions League qualification to chase that Europa League dream and then play one of the worst Europa League finals I've ever witnessed. Not even just Europa League final, one of the worst final performances that an Arsenal fan I've ever witnessed. And he threw away the chance of competing for that top four by making needless changes in the league uh, when we could have been qualifying for the Champions League through the top four and instead threw it away. And then you go back to the end of Arsene Wenger's time at the club and you go back year after year after year where Arsenal barely ever threatened to challenge for the title. And you fast forward back to the present day where Arsenal are. It's There's such an entitlement. I find there to be such an entitlement around Arsenal. Arsenal are moving in the direction of where I've wanted them to be for so long. I grew up as, you know, through my late teens into my early 20s as an Arsenal fan that had to deal with the fact that we were a side that are hoping to get top four, maybe grab the old FA Cup here and there. That's what I grew up in my conscious footballing years. You know, I had the invincibles when I was a kid, but I could never really appreciate it as, you know, really consciously understanding the sport as I can when I was in my late teens, early 20s into now. My real understanding of Arsenal as I grew up was a side that were, you know fighting for their lives um of of trying to get into champions league positions because of the financial restrictions and growing up in a world of of chelsea money and their manchester city money and manchester united always having money um and yes arsenal as a club through the history books are one of the world's most successful clubs that there are and that gets i think for perhaps older fans and i think to an extent then at the other end of the spectrum, the really younger fans that have only really ever known Arsenal as a side that were challenging the top four and so want to see a title in their own lifetime. I think at both ends of the age spectrum, there are frustrations because of either what we've experienced in the past. And of course, at the other end of the spectrum, a desperation to see your club win a title for the first time in your life. And I think because of that, it absolutely affects... Um, how we view Arsenal Football Club and it it creates for some an entitlement about what Arsenal are and what Arsenal deserve to win. Do Arsenal deserve to be winning trophies? Absolutely we should be, be a club that's winning trophies if you look at Arsenal on paper but when you look at what the reality of the situation is, of where the Premier League is, of where Arsenal sit You know, as a speck of dust in a big footballing landscape, where we are as a club is, is for me, still doing things that I didn't expect us to be doing at this point in time because of what is around us, because of what Man City are, because of what Liverpool have obviously done, because of what uh, Chelsea have spent, because of what Manchester United continue to madly spend, and yet fall away. What we're doing is still, I think, very impressive. And we are on that pathway to where I want to be as a club. We want to be challenging. We want to be potentially winning titles. You can never, ever say that we are entitled to to a title, especially when you've got the world of Man City, especially when you've got Liverpool developed to the point that they are as a club. And when they lose Klopp, they start a whole new project again. And then certainly that context around Liverpool changes. But Man City, whilst they've got Pep and whilst they have got the situation they find themselves in, the squad that they've got to expect us to win a title, to say, for instance, that if Arteta doesn't win the league or doesn't win the Champions League, that he should be sacked this season is madness to me. It can't be justified. It cannot be argued because the pathway that we're on as a club is moving towards that goal. And I've got no reason to think that we have moved away from moving towards that goal, which is why... um, I certainly am in support of, of continuing in the way we are in support of of the potential contract extension of Arteta, which we'll talk about more on a, a phone in show on Wednesday. Uh, Anna Simos says I'm the same Tom in regards to being a conscious fan of Arsenal after the Invincible years. It makes you wonder if we were ever duped into this, uh, but I'd never want I'd never want to support any other club, and that's really important. You know, I ne- I'm never I'm not jealous of other teams. Would I, I'd love to win titles, of course, but I, I'm not jealous of anybody else. I love being an Arsenal fan. It comes with its challenges, but I accept being an Arsenal fan for what that it is. And I, I accept what challenges and what restrictions come with, with supporting this club and that we live in a world that exists with Manchester City right now and that we're playing catch-up to a Liverpool team that have been building their project for since 2016 uh, and have peaked. And, of course, this season could be fighting once again after a disappointing year last year. And I accept that we're gonna be going up against a Chelsea team that has been you know, just doped with so much money and money piled and piled and piled into that. Um, not doped, sorry, just injected with loads and loads and loads of money. It's that's where it is. And then Archangel, and I know you're being satirical, don't worry, I'm not gonna take this seriously. But the the classic line, as always, is raise your standards, your standards are too low. Or like that silly comment from the troll earlier on in the chat book saying, We're the reason. It's this it's this view, it's this sensible, objective, grounded, harmless view that I don't expect Arsenal to win a title. And if we don't win the league this season, I'm not going to be gunning for Arteta's head. It's that the response is, raise your standards. These buzzwords get drawn up. It's like, um, I remember talking about Gabriel Magalash as becoming something of a scapegoat at the start of last season. Gabriel Magalhaes is now one of the best defenders, not just in the Premier League, but in Europe because of the coaching and improvement that Mikel Arteta has expunged onto Gabriel Magalhaes and his development as a player. And I remember less than two years ago, he was being talked about as a player that wasn't good enough, that we need to upgrade upon, that's always got a mistake in him, that is not going to be the future of this club, that was being scapegoated. And that's how quickly things can change. That's how fickle we can be as fans. You know, things like that can change so quickly. And and only three, four years ago, we were finishing eighth. We were thinking, we've got to get back into the Champions League. And if we don't do that, it's not a failure. And then all of a sudden, things just kick into overdrive and things just start to click. And not only that, but we've, of course, done things this season with the challenges that of losing the 38 million investment in Timber, of losing Partey from the season in which we had him for more games than we've ever had him for, To this season, where frustratingly we've not had him for the games that we've wanted him to have him for. We've obviously lost players to injury throughout the season, like Saka and Martinelli and Trossard and uh, Smith Rowe and Vieira and Tommy Asu. And of course, we've been playing Saka with something of an issue because we don't have the depth yet. We've had Ben White with an issue because we don't have the depth because of the injury out, the other injuries that we've faced. You know, and yes, it's not perfect. And yes, things need to be changed. and Yes, things need to improve. We need to sort out the goalkeeping situation, which I think needlessly we created for ourselves. Yes, there are question marks about Kai Havertz still. And that remains a real key talking point for us this season and will be until the end of the season and probably beyond. And it could be looked upon as a real big miss and mistake. Uh, I'm, I've am i still got my jury still open for that. I've not made any conclusions yet. I don't think there's enough time for me to make that conclusion as of yet but that's certainly, certainly moving in the direction that could be a real failure That Havertz signing. Uh, And of course, there's still things to be said about in-game management. And, um, you know, that's the word. Uh, (laughs) Did I say expunge? (laughs) Uh, It means to obliterate or completely remove. That is certainly not what I meant. (laughs) I meant explore i think i meant explore it's like what we've explored with gabriel and and how we've explored the development of him in during his time at arsenal yeah expunge was not not the word that i i meant i try and use such good words sometimes that sometimes the wrong ones come out uh wazza says i've watched the arsenal since 1989 we've been good bad very bad and the best in the world and this is normal you are right uh far too many who may be out of desperation are coming off exceedingly spoilt in their views i do agree with that akmal says i started supporting arsenal in 2004 as a 10 year old um because they were the invincibles Uh, but because i enjoyed their play style and that beautiful play style was what kept me supporting them down the down the years and it is that identity you know the identity of arsenal the class of, of arsenal the history of the club um the principles that we have the the production of our, our youth in some ways as well. And yes, other clubs do it too, and perhaps even now do it better. But it's still a big part of this team to see Halen graduates in the squad. Um, even little things like uh, the the kit designs that we get. We have some of the best kits of all time. You know, the, the last year's away kit. We talk about the the retro kitchen, the bruised bananas, your lightning bolts. Um, you know, the the yellow and blue away kit. You talk about those kits, but even last year's away kit, which for me will forever be my favourite Arsenal kit of all time. It's just leaving the little things. I love this football club. I love 99% of its fan base. And I think here, I always talk about the chat box of any content creator is a reflection of the content they produce. Now, I think that 99%, as I've said, of the fan base is, 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 is great. Uh, there's always going to be that one extreme percent that try to ruin it for everyone but we won't let them do that and we don't let them do that and i honestly believe that we've got the best community here around because you're great and i feel like we've built this community together and it's fantastic and i can't wait to see so many of you at our event next month um but it's you gotta fight the good fight you know (laughs) you gotta keep fighting the good fight and hope that uh there you go Antonette says, best kits. This is not real men talk. Antonez showing exactly what I mean and uh, being the perfect example. It's it's the picking and choosing sometimes. Huge monologue there. And what do we focus on? We have the best kits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, T-Cow says, I don't see where we're going, honestly. We're always all out of almost every domestic cup competition uh, by January since Mikel's fifth year running. If you don't see where we're going, I implore you to look at our league finishes, T-Cow. I implore you to look at where we were and had been for the last 10 years as a club. Threatening to win the odd FA Cup here and there. Never really looking like a team that could compete. Never, ever looking like a team that ever wanted to be talked about again at the top table. Arteta has come in. He's completely ripped up the floorboards. He's ripped up and ripped out everything that was inside that dressing room pretty much besides some of the key gems that we still had at the club. And he has built it from the ground up again. And we have become a club that are now... And I think you, in particular, expect to challenge, at the very minimum, expect to challenge for a Premier League title this season and next season and next season and next season. And that is my expectation. That's where I sit as an Arsenal fan. I expect us to challenge for the title. I expect us to challenge for honours. And it's frustrating when we don't do that. And in European competition, we have underachieved under Arteta. We have not been good enough under Arteta in European competition, and I hope that changes this season. And in certain cup competitions, sure, I can, I, I can absolutely empathise with the view that in domestic cups, since we won the FA Cup under Arteta in 2020, we have not been good enough. That said, I think there has been some very good reasons in terms of losing to Man City last season, losing to Liverpool this season. And of course, the League Cup's are frustration, but honestly, the League Cup has been just Thumped into the ground at this point in terms of his reputation, um, that it really doesn't factor for me too much. Even when other teams win it, I'm really not that bothered. The FA Cup does bother me. And it bothers me also when people say that Arteta's never won a major trophy because what they're saying there is the FA Cup isn't a major trophy. And then what they're doing is saying, well, we're going out of all these domestic cup competitions. Well, if that's a problem, why are you not considering what he's won as a major trophy then in the FA Cup? Can't have it both ways. You just can't. So TK, when you look at where we are, where we've come as a club, if you don't see where we are going, honestly, which is your words, not mine, I don't know what to tell you. Because I just think there's far too much evidence to suggest that we know exactly where we're going as a club. And all you need to do is look at Arsenal when he took over in 2019 and look at what Arsenal are in 2024. If I ask you the question, what were Arsenal to a neutral in 2019? If you were talking to a neutral in 2019 and they said... Arsenal Football Club, what what are they about? What do they do? If I was being asked that question in 2019, I would say, well, they're a bit of a sleeping giant. They have picked up some cups here and there and they need to get back into the Champions League. That's what I'd be saying in 2019 to someone that wanted to know what Arsenal are in 2019. Four years later, if someone asked me as a neutral, what are Arsenal Football Club? Arsenal Football Club are a club in which expect to challenge and be one of the key competitors for the Premier League title. They're a Champions League club that have ambitions to get as far and maybe even try and win that competition and hope to win trophies. That's what I'd say. And that's where we are. So if you can't see where Arsenal have been and where they have come from in these four years, four and a bit years, moving into our fifth year with Mikel Arteta, then that's what I honestly don't know what to tell you. So... That, that's what I want people to really understand is seeing what Arsenal were when he took over, what Arsenal are now and what we hope to be. And I hope to be something that is obviously winning titles. Um, you can never expect it. You can never be entitled to it, but you can certainly hope for it. Um, so there you go. Um, Benji says, that's a bit of a logical fallacy, Tom. It's asking about Arsenal's reputation to neutrals not what actually was at the time. Look at the tactics and the players instead. It's also a good point, Benji, I suppose. Look at the players and what we did back when we, we took over. We weren't playing well. We had a bit of a disjointed group. We had two aging, but decent, in the case of Abamyang, very good strikers. We had a number 10 in Ozil that, you know, was, was blowing hot and cold and you know, really needed, I think, to be moved on at that time. and we And we did that eventually. We were a defensive mess. We were, we were being bantered about the mistakes that we would make at the back, about our shooting ourselves in the foot. That meme of, you know, the, the guy holding the metal pole behind the other guy and both of them being, all the three elements of that meme being labelled as Arsenal. That's what Arsenal were. That was Arsenal Football Club back in 2019. A fractured, broken, unfinished, declining team. And that's where we were as a team that played one of the worst European finals I've ever witnessed and threw away the chance of winning, uh, sorry, rather winning the chance to come back into the, the champions league by finishing in the top four. And then of course the following season just fell away and fell away under Emery until we were not only eighth, but then down in 11th by the time that Arteta took over. And then, yeah, you look at that, that squad, you look at what we were starting. You look at the defence, you look at the midfield, you look at the attack, and you look at it now and look at what this Arsenal team is. In a Premier League 11, in combined 11s, combined 11s uh, uh, were jokes back in the day. We used to play a North London derby and a combined 11. Tottenham fans and pundits were putting entire teams full of Arsenal, play- Arsenal players out of it. It would just be all Spurs players. Like, we're not even talking about a Man City combined 11. We were talking about a Tottenham Arsenal combined 11 where you could argue at times not even a single Arsenal player would feature in those combined 11s at all. That's where we were as a squad. You do that now, it's almost exactly the opposite. It's almost exactly the opposite now. You could put Son into it. You might even argue Madison could be there. Uh, Adogie, I think, potentially has been a very good signing. Um but, uh, you know, you look at, you look at Arsenal and combine Levens with Man City now, Arsenal players are getting into it. Combine the Levens with Liverpool, Arsenal players are getting into it. That's what we're talking about now. That's the, the huge transformation that we've had as a club. And if you want to be ignorant to all that, that's your choice. That's not, that's not by accident. That's just ignorance. You know, it's, it's not something you can't help feeling. You are choosing to ignore these facts this evidence this progression where we were where we are you're choosing to ignore that because it can't be argued that that's not true and that's why whenever we do our phone-in shows wherever we invite people like yourselves on that maybe our critics and i'm benji i'm not talking to you by the way um it doesn't it doesn't happen um and i've never felt pressured or argued into a position where i need to change my mind because it just I've never, ever been been argued into a position where I think that I should change my mind on Arteta and what he's done at the club. So there you go. LMS says, even if you don't like Arteta, you can't dispute the work that him and Edu have put in to to get us into challenging and back into the Champions League. Exactly. Um, MM says, big ups to Klopp for leaving an amazing squad with young talent. It's 100%. The work that Klopp's done is brilliant. That's why he features in the top five Premier League managers of all time, because of what Klopp's done. Arteta's got to do way more to kind of build a legacy like that. Way, way more. Um, but he's got the potential to to be in that bracket. He's no, he's not in that bracket, he's not in an elite manager bracket at the moment, Arteta. But he's certainly got if you look at if you were talking about like if we talk about players, like who do we think will be the best, who's going to be in the next bracket of elite players as the young players coming through? Arteta is certainly along with the likes of Xabi Alonso, uh as the young coaches that you're looking at being, yeah, they've got the potential to be in that elite bracket. And quite frankly, I quite like him to do it here. And I think he can do it here. Uh, m says four years ago fans were sick of just the fa cup and fourth place trophies fast forward and we're challenging for the league and the champions league fans are still complaining about getting kicked out of the same fa cup (laughs) it's quite true actually yeah Uh, benji says but to be fair back in 2019 we had good players people have favorable opinions on Tierney, abamiang urzo and one or two others we just felt like an overachieving mid-table team we say we had good players urzo as i said was blowing hot and cold he's a good player but wasn't consistently at his peak anymore. A it was was a 30 goal a season striker when the system is all about him. And Arsenal has never been about one guy. Arsenal's never really been about that. So I just think as a striker and that's what actually makes me really think hard about the striker situation moving forwards at Arsenal. Like we look at what 30 goal a season striker could change Arsenal is that what we need? And I think yeah, we do need a striker that can score more goals, but do not take away the fact that we need a center forward that can also collaborate and do more than just score and be a finisher because we need more than just that because it wasn't Aubameyang was a 30 goal a season striker that sadly was well, at least 20 plus 25 plus goal a season striker that couldn't um, take us to that next level, and that's because we need as a club to be interconnected and, and working to the best of our ability. Um, Tabani says, Tom. I think some people in the chat maybe aren't Arsenal fans. I don't know about that. You're always going to get the odd person that isn't an Arsenal fan. Um, but uh, yeah, I think um, I think the tr- trolls are always going to exist. I always the best way to think about a troll is that I always look at it this way: you get one shot at life. That's it. One shot, life done, it's over. You get one go. And when you're a bit older and you look back on the life that you had and you look back on the things that you did at whatever age that you were and you think, I spent my life being an internet troll or I spent my life being horrible and I'll be remembered as a pretty horrible person who just took the mic online or jumped into YouTube comment sections or YouTube chat boxes or into Twitter feeds and Twitter threads and was abusive... I get to the end of my life and I think look back and go yeah I did that. Oh, I really wasted life didn't I? I really did. Didn't take this opportunity. Didn't take this opportunity to just be a decent guy, a decent girl and uh and I wasted it being an internet troll. So I always look back at that and I think of it that way and think my goodness me how lucky I am not to be someone like that. And I think a lot of you can say the same. Uh, Thank you for listening, people. Appreciate your time. As always, have a fantastic start to your week. I'll be back later on today for a preview show, looking ahead to the game against Nottingham Forest um, in the Premier League tomorrow, of course. We've got transfer deadline down Thursday. Wednesday, we're going to have a phone-in show on Arteta in the evening and about our thoughts about contracts, when he should be given one, if he should be given one, blah, 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 blah. So if you have not enjoyed a lot of what I've said, I'd love you to come on the show. And tell me why you think I'm wrong on that day. And if indeed you do think I'm right, I'd love to hear your reasons as to why. Um, Of course, Thursday, we'll have a deadline day uh, phone-in show as well after uh, deadline day has concluded in the evening. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to all of that and more. And of course, we'll have an 8 a.m. show every single morning except Thursday when, of course, I'll be working deadline day. But thank you so much, guys, for listening. Have a fantastic Monday. Stay safe, stay well, stay happy, stay respectful. And as always, up the Arsenal.